So we're moving into point D of unit two of the gospel is the power. And point D is the gospel is the power for godliness. Now, we're going to get into this extensively in unit four of this course, but I wanted to include it here. I felt like the Lord wanted it included here because it really is significant to the point of this unit, which is that the gospel is the power of God. There's something significant that the Lord does in our life when we believe the gospel. When we believe Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts. Why is that important? This is the part that, like I said, we're going to cover it more in unit four, but this is the part of the gospel that is not proclaimed very often or very well or very in-depth in many, many places today, which is very sad to me and very unfortunate. But the, the, the gospel doesn't stop just with salvation. It's not just about, oh yeah, I believe Jesus, I'll be spared from the wrath of God and receive eternal life and, you know, keep living my life my own way and go on and do whatever I want, and but no, no problem, I'll be fine when Jesus comes back. That is not the gospel. And if you think that that's where the gospel ends, you are deceived. And you will not make it in the day of judgment. Our faith in the gospel is shown by what we do. And the only way that we demonstrate that the gospel is truly a part of our lives is if we allow the Holy Spirit to change our behavior. And this is not outwardly, religiously changing our behavior, but the inner change in the inner man from the Holy Spirit coming into our heart to give us a new heart and a new spirit that leads us to make different choices. This is the whole point of the gospel. It is beautiful what God has done to cause us to be vessels through the forgiveness of our sins that can house his spirit. Without the forgiveness of our sins, we are an unclean vessel and God cannot come to dwell inside of us. But because through our faith in Jesus, our sins have been forgiven, we as a vessel have been cleansed. And because we are clean and holy and spotless and unreprovable before God, we are perfect before God because of the blood of Jesus. Therefore, we have become a vessel that God can dwell in, that God can make his home in. And that's what happens when we put our faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Jesus Christ comes by his Spirit to dwell inside of us. So Peter puts it this way in 2 Peter 1, his divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. 
by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of divine nature. Hallelujah. So I know many of you have have focused on the promises of God, and you have books about the promises of God, and you have promises of God on your coffee cups and your refrigerator magnets, and there's something that is valuable about that. Don't get me wrong. However, The great and precious promise of God is the Messiah who God sent to save us from our sins. And the Spirit of God, a new heart, a new spirit, the law of God written upon our hearts that we can be children of God, partakers of divine nature, having the Holy Spirit dwell inside of us. Because, and the scripture continues, when that happens, when we partake of divine nature, we escape the corruption that is in this world because of what? Because of sinful desire. All of the corruption in this world is because of someone's sinful desire at some point at some time. Maybe the cycle of destruction that you are in is because of your own sinful desire leading to sinful choices. But the Holy Spirit comes into our life to change the way we think, to convict us, meaning to tell us, nope, that's not right. Nope, don't do it that way. Nope, that's not pleasing to God. Do it this way instead. The scripture says the Holy Spirit will come and and guide us and say, this is the way. Walk in it, whether you turn to the right or to the left. And that is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. We have Jesus us, dwelling inside of us by his spirit to lead us in the path of righteousness so that we can receive direct guidance from God and do the things that are pleasing to God rather than the things that are pleasing to our flesh, because those are the things that get us in trouble in the first place. So Titus puts it this way. I love this scripture. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now, what does the grace of God train us to do? Does the grace of God train us to do whatever we want until Jesus returns? No, the grace of God trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Renounce the ways of this world. Renounce your own sinful desire. Renounce the worldly passions that all of the striving, all of the life that you think you need to have, all of the keeping up with the Joneses, all of the measurements of success in this world, they are all a lie. And if you have not yet discovered that it's a lie, you are like a hamster on 
a wheel in a cage. You are just running and running and running and running after worldly passions, and you're probably running after it in some ungodly ways to try to make your own desire come to pass, and you keep hitting obstacle after obstacle, hoping that someday it's going to get better, but it's not. It only gets better with Jesus. When you get with Jesus, you get off of the hamster wheel. You stop running after things that don't matter anyway and that aren't even pleasing to God in the first place. You know, Jesus said to the Pharisees that things that are esteemed in the sight of man are an abomination to God. So, you know, if you're running after things that are an abomination to God, it's time to start listening to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit take control of your life that you can renounce your pursuit of those things and start seeking first the kingdom of God so that you can receive God's wonderful and glorious provision for your life as a free gift from Him, not because you're running, running, sweating, and toiling and, and with thorns and thistles everywhere, part of the cursed existence of humanity. Jesus redeems us. He paid the price. Hallelujah. So verse 14 says, He gave Himself, Jesus gave Himself to redeem us from what? lawlessness to redeem us from our own bad behavior. Why? Why is bad behavior even bad in the first place? Because it gets us into trouble. It gets us into situations that we don't need to be in in the first place. But also, he died to redeem us and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. So we talked about this in unit one, who is going to receive the kingdom of God at the end of the age when the Messiah comes, when Jesus comes to destroy all the kingdoms of this world? Who is going to receive the kingdom of God? Do you remember? It's from Daniel 7. Those who will receive the kingdom of God are the saints of the Most High. Now, the saints are those who have purified themselves. The saints are those who have been purified. Jesus gave himself to purify us, to make us the people that will inherit the kingdom when he returns. We now belong to him. And because of our gratitude for that, when we really understand what Jesus has done for us, we will be zealous for not the things of this world anymore, but for good works to do the things that are pleasing to God, to do the things that are not an abomination in God's sight, but the things that are right in God's sight. So God, the gospel gives us power for godliness. Why? Because we need to be saved from ourselves. It's part of the salvation. Salvation, deliverance, healing, sustenance, provision, you know, and being saved from ourselves. And just quickly, because this is kind of a shorter uh, seg segment, you know, it, 
One of the things that was foundational in my life is I heard a poem by Portia Nelson. It's called Hole in My Sidewalk, and it goes a little something like this. I don't have it perfectly. This is my paraphrase, so forgive me, but you'll you'll get the point. I was walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk. There was a hole in my sidewalk. I didn't see it, so I fell into it. Oh, no. How am I in this hole? How do I get out of here? Finally, I got out. Part two, I was walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk. There was a hole in the sidewalk. I saw it, but I fell in anyway. Oh, no. How did I fall in here again? I've got to get out of this hole. Part three, I saw, I was walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk. There was a hole in the sidewalk. I saw it, and I really tried not to fall in, but I still fell in anyway. I'm getting out of this hole immediately. Part four. I was walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk. There was a hole in the sidewalk. I saw it, and I walked around it. Part five. I took a different street. You know, I heard that poem at a very foundational time in my life with the Lord. And I had known Jesus. I had been saved. I had put my faith in Jesus already. But it was at the point when God was calling me to a deeper walk with him, not just to go to church, not just to say that I believed, but to truly follow him with all my heart and soul. It was before God asked me to give away everything that I own. But he hadn't asked me to do that yet. But I was at a point where I had made choices and I saw that there was a pattern in my life because of my own choices. And what I was in was because I had made choices to get me into the predicament that I was in. It was like the hole. It was in the sidewalk. And the first time I didn't see it, okay, fine. But the second time, the third time, you know, it was time for me to take a different street. And when you give your life completely over to the direction of the Holy Spirit, to do whatever you believe the Holy Spirit is telling you to do in accordance with the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God. But as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and some of you say, I don't hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. If you belong to Jesus, you hear his voice. That is a guarantee from Scripture. Now, sometimes you've got to be still and you've got to be quiet enough to hear his voice because we know God is not in the thunder and he's not in the lightning. He's in the still, small whisper. So sometimes God just whispers and you've got to listen for that whisper. But as you give your life over to the direction of the Holy Spirit, It will be like taking a totally different street. You will stop falling in the same old hole that you've been falling in for your whole life because of your own ungodliness, your own flesh, your own sin, your own worldly passions, all the things that you're striving after. God will put you in a new way. He will put you on a new street. It will be a new 
journey. And I'm not saying that it will be all, you know, skipping through the daisy field and easy. No, it's a narrow and it's a difficult street. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus didn't lie. Jesus said it's a narrow and a difficult way and few find it. But you can be one of the few. If you will start today by letting Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, speak to you and guide you in a new way, in a way that you have not been before, God will do wonderful and glorious things with your life. He will change you from the inside out. And this is just another one of the benefits of the gospel being the power of God.